Hello everyone, welcome to the WW3 podcast. My name is Will, and for this podcast, an episode will come out every weekend and will have a different subject. Those subjects will range from my personal life, sports, college, and other topics that I feel y'all, the audience, may enjoy. Alrighty, so here it is, ladies and gentlemen, Mock Draft 2.0. Here we go. Um, the NFL Draft comes up in a week. I'm looking forward to it, and I know some of you guys are looking forward to it. And so here, we're going to go right on into it after this, but here are my predictions for how it will go down. So, the first overall pick belongs to the Cincinnati Bengals, and my pick for them, Joe Burrow, quarterback out of LSU. When you look at the Bengals, one of the first things that that is immediate is that you know that this team needs a quarterback. They started Andy Dalton at the beginning of the last season, and then they they eventually benched him for Ryan Finley, who they drafted in the fourth round last season, and then benched Finley for Dalton, and now they've been vocal about trying to trade Dalton. So they are in need of a quarterback. Joe Burrow, in this case, is that guy. Um, and for the Bengals, you cannot pass up on a talent like Burrow. And, you know... Burrow, with that being said, you know, Burrow's the best quarterback in the class. So if you're the Bengals and you're at one and you're, get, you're getting offers, you're not trading back because Burrow is undoubtedly the best quarterback that's here. So unless they get offered all three picks by Miami, I don't see this pick getting traded. So, I mean, that's really all that, that needs to be known about that first pick. Burrow... A lock to Cincinnati in my in my mind. All right, number two, Washington Redskins. My pick for them: Chase Young, edge rusher, Ohio State. In, in this case, he is the best player available. And according to most draft experts um, on, you know, CBS, ESPN, NFL Network, they have Chase Young as the best player. In this draft, but and then Joe Burrow, but you know the Redskins in this case, he's the next, he's the next best player available, and they have come out to say that. So Chase Young right there at number two, but along with that, it also kind of fits the direction to which the Redskins are going to this offseason. And if you think about it, they've signed some people: J.D. McKissick, running back; Cody Latimer, receiver; Logan Thomas, Richard Rodgers tight end, Kevin Pierre-Lewis, linebacker, Sean Davis, free safety, Thomas Davis, linebacker, Kendall Fuller, corner. Besides Thomas Davis, and, well, Thomas Davis um, is one is a depth move, and Kendall, uh, yeah, Kendall Fuller, that's also a depth move, but he will be a starter, but all these were pure depth moves to look for competition and that's exactly what this is right you're looking for competition on that already pretty pretty intimidating front seven of the Redskins Jonathan Allen uh, Deron Payne Matt Ioannidis Ryan Kerrigan Montez Sweat John Bostic Sean Deon Hamilton Cole Holcomb and maybe even Reuben Foster that's what this front seven could potentially look like and another thing this does this could easily take the pressure off of the guys in the secondary which means this team could have a better year coming up in twenty uh, in twenty twenty. Moving on to pick three. Now, 
this is the first, like, this is the pick where I, I see a trade going down in all reality. So, um, I predicted a trade. I think Miami moves up to three, giving up pick pick number five and pick 18. So, Detroit gets two first round picks out of this. While Dolphins get um, Detroit's third and their second round pick. So, Miami making some moves there. And Miami comes up to three to take Justin Herbert, quarterback, Oregon. This makes the most sense for for them at this point. Quarterback is a need. If you look at the quarterbacks that that are currently on their roster, look at um, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Obviously, with the age that Ryan Fitzpatrick is at, he's not your future quarterback. And you just traded for Josh Rosen last season and then benched him for Ryan Fitzpatrick, which means they're more than likely not going to play him either. There's a chance they trade him for a maybe a day two, so second, third round pick, or day three, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round pick. I wouldn't be shocked if that happens, but Herbert comes in. And if you look at the quarterbacks in this draft class that were that are available at this point, and Herbert, to, in, in Herbert himself, Tua, Tagovailoa, and Jordan Love, I think this is the better pick in order to build for the future. And yes, that's exactly what the this is supposed to be, but I, I think this is a better build for the future pick. Because with Tua, you have that huge speculation over, is he completely healthy? In Jordan Love, there are some concerns about him, like some big concerns about his play. Now, Herbert, his concerns, there are some play concerns, but it's leadership, it's, you know, is he completely into the game? I think that all that right there is complete BS. I think Herbert loves the game, and I think the right choice here for the Dolphins is him. So that's pick number three for you. Pick number four, New York Giants. They keep this pick, even though there are rumors of them trying to trade back. In this case, take Makai Becton, offensive tackle out of Louisville. Does make sense. I mean, uh, this guy has speed. He ran one of the fastest times at the combine this year for an offensive lineman. Just outside of five flat, I believe, like five one, five one something, I believe, which is fast for an offensive lineman. It is, and I think that's something that the Giants would look for because of their back in Saquon Barkley, right? They run a couple of screens, maybe they run uh, somewhere to where the left tackle has to pull over to the right side. So taking a guy like Becton could easily, easily help them. And then you look, you, also you look at it as a need. They do need a tackle. A lot of people, a lot of people with you know NFL expertise have said, "I wouldn't be shocked if Solder is a cap casualty." Well, I don't see that happening at this point, but I see maybe them moving Solder maybe to right tackle in anticipation of drafting Beckton so they can fill those both both spots as both of them are needs. And then also you need protection. They need to protect. Um, Saquon Barkley, they need to protect Daniel Jones, and this is the right pick in order to really kind of get, um, really get to that point to having a nice young, pretty good team, uh, you know, five six years down the line. So that's that is the Giants pick at four. So number five, keep in mind this is. Um, 
the Lions picking after a trade with the Dolphins. So Lions sitting at five take the guy who I think they would have taken at three, and they take Jeff Okuda, cornerback, Ohio State. Two main reasons to why they take this guy. Number one, they traded Darius Slay. And the, the two big cornerbacks that they have on their roster are Desmond Trufant and Justin Coleman. They do, I mean, Desmond Trufant is no Darius Slay. Darius Slay was an elite cornerback that played at a high level. Right now, that that I'm pretty sure that's an oxymoron, but um, still, they don't have the guy to truly replace Slay, and I think it could as that guy Coleman can can play more of a slot situation now as they take Akuda here at five because of this pick, and also it's a need for this team besides having those two, and usually the thing is okay they have two corners, why take one here? Well, Akuda, I think, is a, is a hell of a player. And he's going to start over those two. And so that's why you take him to where Coleman slides back, maybe takes, takes some work off, you know, not on the field is, um, as often. So uh, that, I think that absolutely works for this team to have Akuda come in. So, number five, the Detroit Lions. So, six, Los Angeles Chargers, my pick for them, Tua Tagovailoa, quarterback out of Alabama. You know, this team, the Chargers, have said they are looking to take or they are looking to stay with Tyrod Taylor, quarterback. I think that is um, also complete BS. I think... Yeah, I'm calling their bluff. This is their way of saying, hey, we're not taking a quarterback, so no one needs to trade up in front. Of, no two teams need to trade up in front of us to take a Herbert and a Tua. I think they're really playing this in, in an awful way. I think a lot of teams are kind of calling their bluff at this, and that's why you, you see the Lions and the and the Giants saying, hey, we're, tr- we're willing to trade back. But, you know, this in point for, for the Chargers is a need because with Philip Rivers gone and turning into Tyrod Taylor, there's a dip. So Tua makes the right. Tua is what I think the Chargers would do, even though I'm not the biggest fan of this. This is more so what I think they will do here. So pretty plain and simple for the Chargers at six. Number seven, Carolina Panthers. My pick for them is... Derek Brown, defensive tackle, Auburn. And I know some of you are saying, well, where's Isaiah Simmons? What about a tackle? Or why not trade back? Well, if I'm the Panthers, I stay here. You got new, you got new head coach, you need to build your roster, and you need to make the right choice here. And to me, I, like Derek Brown's the right choice. They have a bit of a weakness on the inside of the, on the interior of the defensive line. Derek Brown's the right the right player here to do that to take over that. This this guy is an instant starter, and that's why you take him at pick seven. And along with that, you know you look at the Panthers and what their roster is like. You know there's not much to it, right? You know, and for those of for those of you that are thinking maybe Isaiah Simmons here at seven, the Panthers don't need a Swiss Army knife, which what a lot of people are labeling, 
literally in Isaiah Simmons as, or an athlete. They're saying he can play D-line, outside linebacker, safety. They don't need that. So it's safe to say we can choose for the Panthers to say, let's choose just one of these positions and roll with it. We're fine. Let's go. So, hence, staying away from Isaiah Simmons for this pick. Number eight, Arizona Cardinals taking Jedrick Wills offensive tackle out of Alabama. When I did the first one, I said that the Arizona Cardinals were going to take C.D. Lamb, the receiver out of Oklahoma. You know, new Kyler Murray, things were going to look good. They would add another young a young receiver to what's a pretty young receiving, pretty young good receiving core. Well, that changed pretty early on into the offseason when the Cardinals traded for DeAndre Hopkins. So that was like, well, that's already a little messed up. They could still do it, but it would be a huge questionable move for, for the Cardinals. So in this case, they take a tackle. You know, you look at their roster. They have Marcus Gilbert at right tackle, and they and their starting left tackle is DJ Humphreys. So they they need protection for Kyler there out in Arizona. You take you take Jedrick Wills here. You get that he's your left tackle of the future, and this is a guy that, from what I'm hearing from you know Twitter and all these other outlets, is this guy can start for ten years. This is a guy that's solidified, and this is a lot of people's top ta- top offensive tackle in this draft. So for a guy like that to fall to you at eight, you gotta take this guy. All right, number nine, the ninth overall pick, belongs to the Jacksonville Jaguars. My pick for them, Isaiah Simmons, athlete, Clemson. This team does need defensive line help. They need outside linebacker help. And they they need a bit of safety help here. And so it's the perfect pick. Like I said, this guy is labeled as a Swiss Army knife or an athlete more so. And this would perfectly fill that void for for, for the Jaguars. And along with that, you know, he can play all those positions, you know, like I alluded alluded to that before. But this can help the Jaguars get back to an old form. Have a dominant player take looks away from someone maybe like Yannick Ngakwe or Taven Bryan if Telvin Smith comes back or Miles Jack. And this team could truly get back to the form of being in the AFC Championship like they were in 2017. 2017-2018, you know, and so I think Isaiah Simmons is the right way to kind of go with that in that point, so not a bad pick there if you're a Jaguars fan. Number 10 belongs to the Cleveland Browns, and my my pick for them, Andrew Thomas, offense tackle, Georgia. You know, this team, you know, they need protection for Baker Mayfield, this is, um, you know, it. They, this team on the offensive line has been pretty desperate, you know, over the past couple of years. But left tackle has been a huge hole for them for the last, well, ever since Joe Thomas retired. So, you know, obviously they need protection at, at you know, need protection, and it's their biggest need. It's been their biggest need for forever, and they, ha- they have yet to address it 
through the draft these last couple of years. Now it's the time to do it because there's a lot of tackles that a lot of teams are going to take, and they're in a perfect spot to take one. And, you know, I, I said this somewhat, but, you know, you go back to Joe Thomas. He retired <clears throat> about maybe a year or two ago. And ever since then, and, and don't get me wrong, like, yeah, it's only been a couple years, I believe. And it's just been, it's been crazy to say, to for them to not address it in the draft, even though they took Baker Mayfield and Denzel Ward in one draft. But why not take one last year? It, it, it's, it's just appalling to why the Browns haven't done this. And now they can replace Joe Thomas with another Thomas that a lot of people have high praise for. I think it's a perfect way, way to go for the Browns. Let's keep it rolling with uh, another offensive lineman here. Number 11, the New York Jets. Here, they take Tristan Wirfs' offensive tackle out of Iowa. You know, the, the Jets, you look at the Jets, and I looked at their roster before free agency, and even now, their offensive line is in shambles. A lot of their starters hit free agency and were not re-signed. And now you come back and say, we got some work to do. We need, we, we need to protect Sam Darnold. And that's exactly what they need to do. This is offensive line was a major need in free agency. They they did some movement, but not with those guys. I think they brought in maybe a center and a guard, and that was really it. They need to go to the tackle spot. Worfs is that kind of guy. And you know, like I said, they need to protect Sam Darnold at all costs. I think Darnold's a good quarterback. He can turn into a great quarterback if they have the right protection there. You know. This is this is the perfect guy to play. Now, a lot of people have said he can be a right tackle. I think he could also play left tackle. Be, they have Chuma Odoga there right now, who I think they're anticipating to start at right tackle this next season. So, why not put Worfs at left tackle, see how this works out, and hope you get what you want in this case. But Worfs, I think this is the perfect guy to, to take here at 11. Number 12 belongs to the Las Vegas Raiders. Yes, the Vegas Raiders here. My pick for them, C.D. Lamb, wide receiver, Oklahoma. This guy, he is a premier pass catcher. This is exactly what this team needs. Right, you know, think think about what they did last offseason when they originally brought in Gruden. Right, they went after Tyrell Williams, who they still on the roster. They they went they traded for, uh, let's see, Zay Jones, who really wasn't a receiver they should have acquired because he's has not lived up to the hype. They um, went after Antonio Brown. And, you know, it's just, it's something that kind of fits their scheme here, right? They they wanted speed. Darren Waller, speed. Tyrell Williams, speed. Hunter Renfro may not be the fastest guy. I think when they went for Renfro, they said, this is a guy that has a lot of good work, work ethic and can run solidified routes. But this is, CeeDee Lamb will be the new Antonio Brown 
in Vegas. This is what the Raiders wanted. But after all the whole drama with Antonio Brown, now they go and turn to, to CeeDee Lamb. And plus, th- this was a position of need. They really did not have much behind their number one and who was Tyrell Williams. Yes, they have um, Hunter Renfro, but they still need some help there. And a guy who can be maybe a number one takeover for Williams and maybe the, his workload will decrease a little bit. So it, it makes some sense. And plus, like I said a little bit earlier, that it it kind of fits what what the Raiders wanted to do with the speed and kind of how they wanted their team to be set up. Pick 13 belongs to San Francisco 49ers after trading DeForest Buckner to the Colts for this pick. Now, with, with that being said, that's already a point of emphasis that it had on this pick. So the San Francisco 49ers at pick 13 take Javon Kinlaw, defensive tackle, South Carolina. Makes sense. It's a need. You trade DeForest Buckner, you put this guy right back into where Buckner was. You know, so you essentially what you're doing is replacing Buckner with Kinlaw. And they like it. And a lot of, there's there's a couple mock drafts that have him top 15, him falling maybe into the 20s. There is that potential option. But if you're the 49ers and you're sitting at 13 and Kinlaw's there, you take him. You absolutely take him. It makes the most sense. So... Um, but also, along with that, you bulk up your defensive line. Get it back to where it was last year. Bosa, Buckner, Armstead, Ford. Get back to that point. Get back to where essentially what you had. You know, because that could they could easily get back to the Super Bowl with that kind of defense yet again. All right, another trade here. So this is my second trade in this. So originally the 14th pick would go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I looked at their roster. There's not a lot, not a lot of needs there in Tampa. So now you go and Jacksonville calls Tampa up and says, hey, let's trade. So they do. So the Jaguars trade pick uh, 42 or no, my, yeah, pick f- they <clears throat> Jaguars trade. Pick 42 and 20 to Tampa, so second and a first, to Jacksonville for uh, 45, right? The Buccaneers' second-round pick, and 14, the Buccaneers' first-round pick. So pretty even trade here, right? So now the, the Jaguars move back up into this draft at pick 14 to say, let's take a corner. C.J. Henderson cornerback out of Florida. Here's why. They traded cornerback A.J. Bouye to the Denver Broncos in the offseason. And in the middle of last season, they traded away Jalen Ramsey. Now they need to fill that position of need. I think that's the biggest thing here. So... You know, that's part of a huge pick here and a huge trade-up here at 14. But another part of this is I think C.J. Henderson will translate very well into the NFL. There have been a lot of high praise towards this player in this draft. And so, 
with that being said, you know, there have been people out on NFL Network and ESPN's ESPN and even Bleach Report saying this guy that people are saying are going 15, 16, 17 from 14 on. There's a chance he slides into the top 10. But to, in the lines of where this one's going, he goes 14. So they're saying that he's a good enough player to go top 10. Uh, so, like I said, sounds like he will translate well. And not only that, but this player bulks up the defense. And, you know, kind of like what I was what I was saying with Simmons, you know, th- this addition could get them back to that 2017-2018 year to when they went to the AFC Championship. They would need to add another really big star corner. So maybe they find a way to do that at pick 40 at pick 45 in the second round. So pick 14, nice pickup there for the Jags, a nice trade up. Pick 15 belongs to the Denver Broncos. This one's a pretty easy one uh, here. Henry Ruggs, wide receiver, Alabama. This adds another weapon in Denver. And it's a need. Receiver was a need. They had Cortland Sutton. They needed someone else there. And Henry Ruggs is the perfect person to do that. He ran the fastest time at, at at the Combine this year. You add speed, and boy, does that change the game. You have someone that can take, you know, players off of Sutton, maybe eventually off of your tight ends, and maybe, maybe just maybe Philip Lindsay as well out there in Denver. But another part of this, you know, obviously I said adds another weapon. That kind of goes along the line of helping Drew Locke. And, you know, kind of figuring out, okay, maybe Drew Locke's our guy. You know, maybe you can solidify that with getting somebody who can play the receiver position. Get some help. Get some depth. This is the way to go. All right. Pick 16 belongs to the Atlanta Falcons. Pick here for them, in my case. A.J. Terrell, cornerback, Clemson. This guy is 6'1". So that means, and if you look in that division, now, the Panthers don't necessarily have height in this case, but Michael Thomas and Mike Evans are bigger guys. Mike Evans, yes, he's 6'5". So Evans still has height on this guy. But... Michael Thomas is a little bit shorter than that, I think, about 6'2", 6'3". So not much, uh, not much height there. Not much of a height difference. So this guy can go kind of go with these two players here, which could be crucial to the Falcons' success next season. Another part of this is we talked about Desmond Trufant with the Lions, but now we talk about him in regards to the Falcons. He was cut by the Falcons which put a huge need out for Atlanta, which means now they had to fill the void. A.J. Terrell makes the most sense here. So why not? Why not take this guy? Why not? 
and again, this makes the most sense, and Atlanta could really use him on those two receivers. All right, pick 17. The Dallas Cowboys take Cesar Ruiz, center, out of Michigan. This position is a huge, huge need. Travis Frederick, their starting Pro Bowl All-Pro center, retired this offseason. And that's a huge and that's a huge hole to fill. They already had a really good offensive line. But with him gone, it took a big hit. Now, by drafting Cesar Ruiz at 17, if though some people may say this is a stretch, they need a center. They cannot pass up this opportunity. They have to take it. Because as of now, if you're the Cowboys, here's what you need to do. Don't care about you you don't need to care about any other need. Because that is your biggest hole right there. Right there at center, you fill it up, then you worry about maybe receiver, tight end, or quarterback in the future. Who knows? But Dallas Cowboys need and have to take a center. All right. As a as a result of the trade with the Dolphins, again, so keep in mind the, the Lions got five and pick 18, so Lions back up here. So this pick... For the Lions at 18. AJ Epineza, D tackle out of Iowa. This is the biggest remaining need for a starter for the Lions because they necessarily didn't have any flashy names there that were like, oh wow, this this is really gonna help them, you know, on their roster. So now you say AJ. Epinesa, in your in your low go. Okay, that'll help. You have Trey Flowers there already. They signed Jamie Collins, and they already have you know another outside linebacker. They have a pretty solid middle linebacker as well, um, in in Jared Davis. And so you're looking at this team really kind of building up, and that that's where. I think this team is heading. You know, you fill up that defensive line. It fills up that defensive line. It really does. And that, again, you know, kind of coincides with what I said with Washington. You upgrade this front seven. You add more depth to this front seven. Another star player, it's going to take the pressure off of either your linebackers or even your secondary to where you won't have to worry about them as much. And I think this is the perfect way to go for the Lions here at 18 should that trade go down. Moving on. Pick 19. Got another trade. The New England Patriots trade up with the Las Vegas Raiders. Patriots acquire pick 19 and pick 80, which is a third-round pick in this year's draft. The Raiders get pick 23, so a little bit later in this round, and next year's first. So, Raiders getting a little bit extra, but the Patriots moving up to 19. To take, Jordan Love, quarterback, Utah State. This is a need. 
obviously when Tom Brady left, there was a huge need and, you know, no one knew what they were going to do. Sign, sign Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, trade for Andy Dalton. All those could easily occur. Easily. (coughs) So, but I think going rookie could work. Because not only that, it, it, it provides competition for Stidham and somebody that I think the New England Patriots actually like a quarterback that they like in this draft. And they would have to trade up for him, and this is the perfect position to do that. So, <coughs> so that that's pretty easy, a pretty easy way to go for for the Patriots. Stidham versus Love, more than likely Love could edge out Stidham, or Stidham earns a spot at starter. And from other, from obviously some, you know, outlets, teams love this guy. They love Jordan Love. They love some of the talent. They, they love the talent. They love the arm strength. Some, somebody called him a poor man's Patrick Mahomes. Uh, excuse me. If you hear that, the first thing you're, you're going to do is say, hey, Patrick Mahomes, I don't care about poor man's. Let's take this guy and hope he becomes the next Patrick Mahomes. Which, by the way, involved a team trading up to take him. So could that happen with Jordan Love? In this case, absolutely. All right, pick 20. This is, again, a result of the Buccaneers trading back with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the Bucs finally take a player here. And that player being... Josh Jones, offensive tackle out of Houston. This solidifies their offensive line, man. Uh, they have Donovan Smith currently a left tackle, but I think they could they could look for an upgrade. You know, Donovan Smith hasn't necessarily lived up to the complete hype there in you know there in Tampa. I think there could be some changes coming to the future, and this is <clears throat> the first way of doing it. So. Why not? Why not make the move? Seriously, but also along with that, it protects Tom Brady, and that's something you got to do. You know, this is um, when Brady signed there. Obviously, he wanted to do some great things. In order for him to do great things, got to protect him. Keep in mind, he's not that mobile, so you need to upgrade that offensive line. And Josh Jones is is the way to go if you're looking for another left tackle. All right. 21, you got the Philadelphia Eagles sitting there. And boy, if you're the Eagles and you're sitting here and Kenneth Murray, linebacker out of Oklahoma, is there, you got to have a big smile on your face, my man, because that's the pick here. And from what I've heard, this guy is just some is a player you cannot pass up. He's just too talented. Now, there's no, obviously he's in a different situation as Devin White, Devin Bush. Those guys, you know, teams traded up to take those guys. Kenneth Murray, he falls to the Eagles. Now, I think he could be as talented as those guys and he, he, because he's a first-round talent. Now, people do have him going in the teens and 
about 15, 16, 14, you know, a little bit in there. And I have him going 21. Like, there's a lot of value there. So I think that's the biggest thing about this because this is the biggest weakness on their roster. And reason why is because they released Nigel Bradham, who was a who was at the spot at that position there earlier in the year, and and even at that point there was no one behind him, so it took a toll on the Eagles, and I think that's why they took a huge step back this season. So now you add him and. It's it makes things better for that team in the NFC East, in which you have to get after the quarterbacks in that division. You know, Daniel Jones, kind of you know is mobile when he can be. Dak Prescott obviously can run. You know, Dwayne Haskins when he has to be mobile he can. So you got to get after those quarterbacks. And again, like I alluded to with the Lions and Washington. With this pick, it can help take the load off of the secondary, and maybe they don't have to worry about getting burned as much. And I'm talking. I'm not just talking about the Eagles getting burned. I think the. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, I'm referring to all those other teams as well. So, all right, number twenty-two. So the Minnesota Vikings have this pick because of a trade. With Buffalo Bills, and we'll talk about who that was for um, as, as we talk about this pick. A lot of people are probably saying, holy crap, how did this guy fall here? Minnesota Vikings in this mock draft pick, Jerry Judy, receiver out of Alabama. The guy's fast. But let me just say, the reason why, they traded Stephon Diggs to the Buffalo Bills. And got a major haul out of that trade. They got a first round pick this year, and they take Jerry Judy. This will replace Stefan Diggs after that trade. Absolutely. You know, because, because if you look at who they had, of course, Adam Thielen, Kyle Rudolph, Irv Smith, and they got Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. But you can't be one-dimensional and just throwing it to when you're throwing the ball, throwing it to Adam Thielen, Kyle Rudolph, and that's it. You gotta have somebody else there. You gotta get Jerry Judy in there. So it adds another dimension to the, not only the the receiver room, but to the offense as they now have another weapon for Kirk Cousins, and that's what Cousins needed. Because if you look at, I mean, yes, he played pretty well in Washington, but there was, you know, Jordan Reed was hurt all the time, so you can't. I mean, you have to, yeah, you have to, you know, acknowledge that. But there were lack of weapons, you know. This he he was playing before, you know, well, after Garcon and Jackson, and you're having, you know, and you're having, you know, poor weapons. Paul Richardson, Trey Quinn, like that's not going to work for a guy like this. You need multiple weapons for Cousins to work, and Jerry Judy will make that happen. All right, 23, another result of the trade of the Raiders and the Patriots. Raiders get this one. So Las Vegas Raiders up at pick 23. They pick Trayvon Diggs, cornerback out of Alabama. This is a team need. 
This was a need last year. They traded Gary and Conley midseason to the Houston Texans, who they retained. He's still on the roster there. So if you look at the Raiders, does this replace Gary and Conley? I think it does. I think they're setting up, building their team pretty well. You know, one of their rookies, Max Williams, went off last year. Cleveland Farrell, they have him there. They've built, they've made some really good additions through free agency on the defensive side of the ball. And then you add a guy like Tra- Trayvon Diggs at the corner spot and say, well, you know what? You, you can never do too much on the defensive side of the ball, and there you go. I, and plus, I think this guy is an instant starter. This is a guy that I think will take over and say, I'm going to run things here for the next couple of years, and that's exactly what they need. And keep in mind, they drafted a guy at corner last season from Clemson. So, in Trayvon Mullen. So, you have Mullen, and you have Diggs, and let me just tell you, I think that's a good duo in that that defensive backfield there. All right, moving on to pick 24. New Orleans Saints dropping their, uh, you know, their jaws dropping at who's here at 24. Because Clavon Chason, edge rusher out of LSU, is the pick. Keep in mind, this team was good last year, even on the defensive side of the ball. So you add a guy who's going to bolster this good defense, and more than likely, if he's taken here at 24, he's going to take over for Alex Anzalone. And boy, if you go and look at that roster and add in Chase on there, you're saying... Uh oh, if you're in the NFC South. And you're going, well, uh, good luck with that. And like I said, with all those other front seven picks, it takes pressure off of the secondary, which, keep in mind, their secondary in New Orleans is not that bad. So now they can come back and say, we have a pretty decent secondary. With pressure taken off with a guy like Chase on, and you have Marcus Davenport there, this is looking up to be a pretty good team, you know, coming up. You know, you know, I said this is a guy that could take over for Anzalone. I think Chase on is obviously a lot of these guys could be instant starters, but sometimes first round picks do need time to groom. So, but I do think Chase on is an instant starter in this situation, and New Orleans fans should be happy. Okay. Number 25. Trade alert. Indianapolis Colts trade picks 34 and 44, both in the second round, to the Minnesota Vikings for pick 25 and pick 58. 25, this pick up now, and 58, a second round pick. So Colts move up to 25 to take Justin Jefferson, receiver, LSU. This adds another weapon for Phillip Rivers. And there were some pretty good weapons there. Ebron's gone, but you have Jack Doyle. You have Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines in the backfield. You have T.Y. Hilton. You have Paris Campbell. And now you had Justin Jefferson there. Oh, boy. AFC South. Look out. The coach could be back. And a prominence after taking Justin Jefferson. This 
is a running mate with T.Y. Hilton. Hilton and Jefferson and Campbell out on the, out in the field at the same time. That's a pretty scary look, along with Jack Doyle and Naheem Hines or Marlon Mack. I think defenders' eyes would go wide at that point, saying, uh, who do we focus on? And then you just you get caught. Another lot of this was, and you know that kind of alludes to it of, it opens up opp- opportunities on offense. So, like I said, do you focus on Jefferson? Do you focus on Hilton? Do you focus on Campbell? Do you focus on Doyle? More than likely, that Campbell could be open more often, or Doyle could, or you have easy checkdowns to your running backs because the linebackers or the other defenders are not too worried about Naheem Hines or Marlon Mack. So Colts fans should be smiling ear to ear if this happens. 26, Miami Dolphins. Dolphins had three picks in this first round, but with the trade, they only get the two because they give up five and they gave up 18. So they go three and now 26 and they go Austin Jackson offensive tackle out of USC. Now, there's a, I would say there's a bit of a drop off between him and and worse. He worse was the last offensive tackle taken. No, my bad. Josh Jones was. Josh Jones was the last offensive tackle taken here. And I think there's a drop off between Worfs and Jones. But I think Jones and Jackson are pretty close. Based off of you know what I've read and what I've heard. They're pretty close, but they're still first round talent guys. So if you're the Dolphins, you do this to protect Herbert. Why? Because their current left tackle, Julian Davenport, is awful. He was with the Texans before they had traded for Tunsil. And they had said, and, you know, people were saying, draft a tackle, sign a tackle, do something. Davenport is abysmal. So what do they do? They trade him to Miami. Miami says, we'll take a shot on, okay, we regret this. And so, you take Austin Jackson, you got it. And this helps you work on your offensive line a little bit more because they do need some help. You know, they really do. So, I mean, they signed Eric Flowers. They might need some center help. Right guard, I think, is okay. Right tackle, maybe. But it still adds a little bit you know, kind of pushes up their offensive line a little bit, which is something that these Dolphins need, as it was one of the worst offensive lines in football last year. So, Dolphins fans, again, this is a team that should be, maybe not smiling ear to ear, but saying, well, it's the right pick. So, pick 27, Seattle Seahawks. Here we go. Ross Blacklock, defensive tackle, TCU's the pick. This bulks up the defensive line, which is something that they've wanted that they wanted to do. LJ Collier, he was a pick out of TCU in the first round. Not last year, but I believe two years ago. And now they got Blacklock in there. And they're gonna hopefully get back to the form that they were maybe 
I mean, last year they were pretty good because they had Ansa, they had Clowney, they had Jared Reed, and they, that defense line was pretty good. Now they have Jaron Reed, Ansa's gone, Clowney's gone. We'll add another D tackle into this, and you know you might not have to worry too much about those defensive ends, or it frees up those defensive ends. And so Blacklock's there, and it was a need. You know, besides Jaron Reed there at one defensive tackle spot, they needed another. And the best player available at that point, at that position, was Blacklock here. So Seattle Seahawks getting a good defense, good defensive lineman here. Pick twenty-eight, Baltimore Ravens. Nice pick here. Well, big pick here. They pick Natane Muti, offensive guard. Fresno State. And this feels a huge void on that offensive line as Marshall Yonda retired. So they take the risk, they take a guard, and they say, we got to roll with it. It's kind of like the Cowboys, and they need to take this because it's a huge need. Now, my only thing about this pick is he may need a year to groom. They did take a player that could replace Yonda in the fourth last year. But if this guy has been kind of, has been mocked in firsts, you know, from a couple people. Take the guy. He might be better than the guy you took in the fourth last year. So it's worth a shot, and it's definitely a, a huge, huge hole to fill after a guy like Marshall Yonda, who's a future Hall of Famer, retired. So. So. Pretty. Pretty crucial pick there, 28, for the Ravens. Pick 29, Tennessee Titans. They go Christian Fulton, cornerback, LSU. Logan Ryan, who was one of their better corners, is gone. He's he's a free agent. He has not been signed. There, there could be a chance that he comes back, but he is gone, which means that is now a need for this team. They need to look at corner and Christian Fulton at this point, best corner available after Trayvon Diggs was taken. So now you're kind of going, well, okay, here we go, right? And I think this this pick makes the team more dangerous. You know, you saw what they could do last year. You saw how they were defensively, and now you have the chance to say, we we had another solid corner to where we were with Logan Ryan. But it, let's say we bring and let's say they go, let's bring Logan Ryan back, but also draft Christian Fulton. This could really make this team a little bit more dangerous and could make it maybe another deep run into the playoffs next season. Up next, pick 30, Green Bay Packers. I think they go LaVisca Chenault, wide receiver, Colorado. This team desperately needs somebody behind Devontae Adams. They've tried to get somebody there. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, not working, right? Uh, Equimia St. Brown, not necessarily working. They need somebody. They need help at the receiver position. Chenault's going to do that. This is a guy that's, you know, when I looked at mock drafts, that's been teetering late first, early second. So he's a talented guy, and that's why he's going there. He falls perfectly to the Green Bay Packers here, which makes it just not really, really nice. And plus, it adds another weapon for Aaron Rodgers. Keep in mind, who are the, who's on the roster when the Packers won the Super Bowl? 
Donald Driver, Greg Jennings, Jordy Nelson, Jermichael Finley, four weapons right there. And who can I think of weapons right now on this Packers team? Aaron Jones, that's one for sure. Devontae Adams, and, well, no one else. Let's just put it that way. When you have two weapons for a quarterback to turn to, it's bad. Even when Jimmy Graham was there, there was really only two weapons there for him. Now you add a third and maybe somehow get a fourth in the second round, another weapon. I think you're looking pretty good, you know, in Green Bay. Could be looking at another Super Bowl run. Pick 31 belongs to the San Francisco 49ers. I think they go T. Higgins, wide receiver, Clemson. This team did lose Emmanuel Sanders in free agency. He decides to go to the New Orleans Saints. Add a speed dimension to the Saints. But the 49ers lose, lose speed. Now, Higgins did not run at the combine. And what hurts him now is he did not have a chance to run at his pro day. So now you get Higgins adding a bit of a, uh, a, a somewhat of a different dimension here to the 49ers. Maybe, maybe a little bit of a mystery here, but still a good player to add here, which makes the most sense. And plus, if you think about it, you know, they had Sanders, they had Samuel, they had Kittle, they had all those running backs in the backfield. They retain all the running backs in the backfield. They... They keep Debo Samuel. You had T. Higgins. You're right back to where you were with San Francisco. So it adds a key weapon and potentially stabilizes the roster to where they were last season. So you replace Emmanuel Sanders with T. Higgins. You replace DeForest Buckner with Javon Kinlaw. Whoo! This team, that team's looking good. All right, let's round out this episode. Pick 32, Kansas City Chiefs, taking Zach Bond, linebacker, out of Wisconsin. Here you go. You look at the, you look at the Chiefs, running back, need. I don't see a running back going in the first round this year. I just don't. Eh, corner. After Fulton, I don't see another one going. Eh. Linebacker, that was the only need where the player was draftable here. I'm not a big fan of DeAndre Swift going here. Dame, freaking, Damian Williams went off in the Super Bowl. They had a running back that played well. There's no need to take one here unless you want to go a running back by committee. Do you want that? Maybe. But I'm fine with what they have at running back. Cornerback, they do need help. But again, there's a bit of a drop-off after Fulton. And now you go linebacker. Bond, I think, is the best available. So, again, there you go. But it bolsters a defense that is already pretty damn good. So, to take this guy here and say, well, I'm pretty satisfied he can play outside, he can play inside, I think... This is where we need to go. Kansas City Chiefs fans should say, well, now I don't think he'll be a Tampa Hali. I think he could be a great player. But this is a this is a guy that Chiefs fans could easily look forward to adding to their roster. 
So with that being said, that is the end of this mock draft. Um, you know, so there you go. Mock draft 2.0. We'll see how this works out, you know, after Thursday and see how well it, see how well it does. Um, so we, we, you know, it'll be interesting to see how accurate this is. I hope you guys like it. You guys, you know, pr- maybe provide some feedback if you want to through Facebook, through Instagram, through whatever, uh, even Twitter. So go ahead, you know, find out. Um, yeah, I, ho- I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, you know, goodbye, and I hope y'all have a good weekend.